Now, presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Ben Pierce. Welcome, Generation Church. How are you today? How many of you guys know that we are better together? And there's some things we're going to do today together that are going to help us to accomplish the kingdom of God in our city today. So I want to welcome you. I want to welcome all those joining us by video this morning. Can we give them a big warm welcome? So glad you guys have tuned in. We want to invite you to be a part of a service live and in person right here at Generation Church. A few weeks ago, I started a new series called The New Rules of Resolution, and today is the third and final part of that series. And so we started this series looking at what do we do in life to make positive changes that stick. You know how it is. We try to go to the gym in every January, and we try to make New Year's resolutions, and then by February, everything that we try to change is gone. And we saw in the first week that it's really love that is the primary driver of change in our lives. The things that we love or we fall in love with, that's what we change for. If you fall in love with God, you will change for God. If you fall in love with a person, you will change for that person. Love is the motivator and the driver. We saw in the second week of this series that you've got to take that love, that motivation, and that drive and put some practical steps in place. You got to put a, a roadmap in place so that you can get where God wants you to go. And today we're going to round this service out, this series on the new rules of resolution. Because if you have all the love in the world and, and you have all the plans in the world, but you never go do it, you're never going to accomplish the change that you're looking for in life. Say this with me. Say, I'm going to go do it. Today, we're going to give you the opportunity to do just that, to go do something significant in your life, to make an impact in somebody's life today in this city. You know, when I think about uh, doing something significant, I think about moving out and, and doing something that is lasting in our lives. I think about Jesus commissioning his disciples when I think about uh, pushing somebody out of the bird's nest, so to speak, and, and helping people take that first leap out into what God has called them to do, Jesus was the master at that. He shows us how he does that in Luke chapter 10, if you'll turn there with me. You know, we're preparing for this big weekend coming up. A big weekend is our opportunity to invite people to church who are unchurched, who are unbelieving the whole service is designed not for the believer, it's designed for the unbeliever. And so we have a great opportunity in just seven days to do something significant in people's lives. And I want to commission you today. I want to pray over you today. And I want to send you out. We've been praying and fasting for the past week. We've been meeting around town. We've been praying together. If you've missed those meetings, you don't want to miss it this next week. We've got different locations all around town. You can pick up a location guide and come pray with us. And we've been praying for the past week. We've got one more week left. And then God is going to do something amazing at our big weekend services. And so I want to commission you today. So let's look, look at how Jesus did it. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. He says this. He says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 other disciples also and sent them two by two before his face into every city in the place that he was about to go himself. I love that, that before Jesus was about to take over territory, he sent people out to prepare the way. So he sent them out, verse 2, and he said to them, the harvest is truly great. Now let's unpack this a little bit. What is Jesus really saying about the harvest? 
is truly great. What is he trying to get across to them as he is commissioning them to go out into their world and to preach the gospel to the people around? What is he saying? He's saying the harvest is great. He's saying that your effort will pay off. He's not saying that the seeds are in the ground. He's not saying that the plants have grown. He's saying that the plants are hanging full. The trees are ripe with fruit. That the effort when you go into the harvest field is going to pay off. He's not sending them out into a place where it's dry and where it's barren. Sometimes in our lives, we think that when we go out to share the good news of Jesus with people, that we're taking it to a place where there is no fruit. Jesus is telling them as he commissions them, If you'll just go, if you'll just go do it, if you'll just go do something, you will intersect a harvest that is truly great. As I commission you today for today and this next week, you got to know that the harvest is waiting on you, that people are there in their own hearts. There are people in this city that have said, God, if you're real, send somebody. Lord, I'm at my end. If all this stuff is really real, help me. The harvest is great. So he says to them, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. What is Jesus saying by that as he's commissioning these 70? He's saying that this takes work. It just takes work. To go out and and to, to jump out of our comfort zone and invite somebody to a big weekend service, it just takes work. You know, it's easy to stay in our comfort zone. Well, let me tell you something. The second you step out of your comfort zone, you step into God's purpose for your life. You step back in and you step out of God's purpose. You step out of comfort, back into God's purpose. Come on, let's two-step together. It's nice and easy. Even do your head a little bit. Jesus is commissioning his followers. He's saying that if you go, your effort will pay off, but you got to know that it's going to take work. That the laborers are few. Send the laborers out into the harvest. He says, verse three, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lamb among wolves. Verse four, carry neither money bag or knapsack, no sandals, and don't greet anybody along the way. What's Jesus saying by that? He's saying, guys, it just takes faith. It just takes faith. You got to know that that when you go out and you begin to invite people to have a relationship with Jesus, you've got to do it by faith. You can't do anything in the kingdom of God unless it's by faith. You cannot even enter the kingdom of God except by faith. You have to have faith in order to be born again. Everything that you access from heaven happens by faith. When we go out this week and we, we bring people to these services coming up, You've got to have something inside of you that's stirring. The week of prayer and fasting that we've had, it has to come together in in this junction of faith and, and our works lived out by that. And it intersects God's purpose and his destiny. And God begins to do something amazing in your life as well as other people's lives. Verse five, but whatever house you enter in, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on the house. If not, your peace will come back. And verse 7, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. I love this, that God takes care of us when we are busy about the kingdom and its purposes. Do not go from house to house. What's he saying there? Stay planted. Do not go from house to house. But whatever city that you enter in and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. Verse 9, heal the sick as you go there. What's Jesus saying by that? 
He's saying that as you go, his power begins to flow. Let me say that to you again. As you go, his power begins to flow. God is a steward of the resources of the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't just give the resources out frivolously. You know, you never see anybody get healed unless you pray for the sick. You never see anybody get born again unless you evangelize and preach the gospel. You never see anybody gain peace unless you pray for peace. You've got to go and you've got to allow God to flow through your life. And this is what happened to these disciples. As soon as they went, the power of God began to descend on them and they began to operate in something they had never experienced before in their lives. And so many people in the church, we, we want the power of God. We want miracles working in our life. We want God to do great things. And it's not that God is not in the business of doing great things. It's that we're just not in the business of going yet. We've got to learn how to go. We've got to learn how to get ourselves out of our spiritual couch and go do something great for the kingdom of God. It's the intersection of your actions and the resources of heaven that produce the miraculous right here in this day and in this age. So you'll see power displayed and then say to them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. Verse 10, but whatever city you enter in and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. What is God saying? He's saying that it doesn't matter how people respond. It doesn't matter if people say, I don't care about your church. I'm not into church. I'm not into religion. I'm not. It doesn't matter people's response. Whether they receive you or not, the kingdom of God comes near. See, you are a carrier of the presence of God. The Holy Spirit of God, he resides inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. The power and presence of God you carry. From the moment you wake up in the morning till the moment you go to bed at night, while you sleep at night, you are a vessel of honor that carries God. He has entrusted you with his power and with his presence. It doesn't matter how people respond. All that matters is that you go. Because the kingdom of heaven comes near either way. Either way. You know, in, in church life, we're waiting so much on God to do something amazing or miraculous. I believe God is waiting on us. All the power and resources are there. He's just waiting on us to make a move and to take a step, to just do it. You, you got to give God something to work with. Give him your hands. Give him your feet. Give him your voice. Give him your life. And you will see the power of God work in you like you've never experienced. Sometimes we underestimate the power of an invite. But you know, we invite people to things all the time. We invite people over to dinner. We invite people out to dinner. We invite people to the movies. We invite people to bowling on Monday evenings for $5. We invite people everywhere. But something happens when we start to invite people to a relationship with Jesus. Like we invite people to marry us. Please say yes. Please. We do some of the craziest invitations. But when it comes down to an invitation that changes a person's eternal destination, 
something happens in us. All of a sudden, we get a little antsy, and we think, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do that. I'll invite you to an 80s prom. That wasn't me with the mullet, by the way. It was Jamie. As a lot of you guys know, we just moved to Jupiter, and we're going to build a house here just to be closer to the church. We lived about 30 minutes away, and we moved into this townhome complex, and there's a lady across the way that Melissa and I met, and just in the course of conversation, we get to know her a little bit, and um, Melissa, and she's kind of hit it off, and so Melissa's talking to her, and turns out that this, this woman grew up in a Muslim household with a, a Muslim parent and a Christian parent. And, and as it turns out, she just has no faith in anything at all. And so Melissa, just over the course of a few days, just, you know, just struck up a conversation here and there with her. And I got home from the office the other day and I opened the door and this packet fell out of the door and it's full of just, um, you know, thank you notes and cards and, and those kind of things. They're unused. And it said on there, hey, Melissa, I found this in my desk. I thought you might be able to use this. And so I put it on the kitchen counter and I gave it to Melissa. Well, it's this, it's a gift from this woman that Melissa's been talking to. And, and Melissa, just at the, at the discretion of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, just simply invited her to come check out Alpha and an amazing thing began to happen in just a simple sentence. Hey, you know, my, past, my husband and I are pastors and we're starting this class. It's called Alpha. It's where we ask questions about God. Would you be interested in coming? Just a simple phrase like that. And this lady calls back and she says, I would love to come. And so she's going to come with Melissa to Alpha and God is going to change her life. And you know, it would have been so easy just to brush it off and say, oh, so busy. So easy just to let it go by. But you know what? This lady's life, she's going to experience the kingdom of God either way. Either way. The kingdom is coming near. It's not your job to offer people salvation. It's your job just to offer them a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we underestimate the power of an invitation. There's 7.2 billion people on the planet, 2.1 billion of which profess to be believers. If each one would reach one, if each person on the planet would reach one person per year, in two and a half years, we would evangelize the entire globe. It's not that God's resources are short. It's not that God's harm is not willing. It's that God's people need to go. That we need to get out of our comfort zones and we need to walk in God's will, in His purpose, and His plan for our lives. In just two and a half years, the entire world would hear the gospel. Scripture is very clear. As soon as the world hears the gospel, that the end will come. That we would usher in the return of Jesus. We have a part to play. You have a part to play. Romans says this, chapter 10 and verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. The order in that scripture is exactly how Jesus commissioned his disciples. He sent them. People were preached to. People heard. And they believed. It's that simple. That we're sent. Today I'm going to send you out. You invite people. Bring them here. I'll preach to them. Their job is to listen. And God's job is to give them faith. Never underestimate the impact that an invitation can have in somebody's life. Hi, my name is Sarah. I moved to Jupiter about a year and a half ago with my two daughters. They're five and seven, Madison and Macy. Uh, We moved because my youngest daughter has an incredibly rare congenital birth defect that only one person in the world treats, and he's located in West Palm Beach in uh, St. Mary's Hospital. Um, When we moved, we uh, met a woman named Susan Garvey that comes to this church, and we moved into her house. And the first Saturday that we were there, she asked if we would like to come to church with her the following Sunday. And I told her no, I wasn't interested because... I I just was not interested at that point. And the following Sunday, she asked if I wanted to go, and I said no. Um, I hadn't yet got to tell Susan that I came from an almost completely unchurched background and um, a completely non-Christian household. And the only time in my house you ever heard God or Jesus was when the Steelers were losing. And so uh, growing up in that, and meeting a lot of Christians along the way, it just wasn't anything that I was interested in. So she had asked a couple more times, and finally I said yes, and I came, and I sat in the very back, and I watched all these people praying to and just worshiping so heavily and loving. And I just, I didn't understand it. I really thought that everybody was crazy. And so um, I left that day. I saw Melissa standing in the door, and she said, why do you think that you're here today? And I said, well, I I don't know, because I really don't like Christians. And so uh, she she looked at me funny, and I left. And something just brought me back. And I I didn't know why. I kept coming back. And finally, it came up to the baptism series and um, the huge baptism weekend. I didn't sign sign up to get baptized. I was just going to help the staff like I usually did. And then I saw Melissa's testimony where she said when she first came to the Lord, she went and she got baptized. And when she left the church that day, when the doors opened, she saw the world in a whole new light. And I wanted to see that for myself. And that was when I decided to follow Jesus. Oh
today, I'm commissioning you. I'm sending you out. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you. We have four team leaders, location leaders. If you guys could come to the front, four different location leaders, just stand here on either side. We're sending you out today. Just as Jesus sent out the 70, we're going to send you out in power. And we're going to send you out in authority. And we're going to send you out to do the gospel of Jesus Christ. You would be here for the next 30 minutes listening to me preach anyway. So don't leave here and go to IHOP. Make sure you get with your team. So if you are in this section, your team is location. What's your location? TJ, TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. Home Depot in this section. Chasewood Plaza. And if you're in this section, Winn-Dixie. All right, so here's the deal. If you're a guest today, we have a reception plan for you. If you're new to God, you're new to Generation Church, I don't want you to feel under a huge amount of pressure or obligation. We have a reception. There's some food in the conference room. We would just love to get to know you a little bit. If you've been serving God for six months or more, you need this. You need this. You need to go because you need to learn how to become a conduit. Thank you for your enthusiasm. A conduit of the presence and power of God. When those 70 disciples showed up, I want to I read this to you. When those 70 disciples returned, this is what they said. They came to Jesus and they were so excited. They were full of joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said this to them. He said, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning. Behold, I give you, that's you and you and you and you. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in that, but that the that the spirits are subject to you, but that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It not only changed the people that they went to talk to, but it changed them. This exercise today is, is not just for the people in this city. It's for you. It's for you. So here's what we're going to do. This section, go with Luis. This section with Todd. This section right here with Sean. This section right here with Mark. You guys go ahead and make your way out to the foyer. They're going to be standing out there with their signs. As soon as I pray and bless you and commission you, I want you to go and get with your group. The ushers are going to hand out all of the invitation cards. So make sure you grab those real quick. And we're going to go out. It's funny, I got a text this morning. Last night, the TJ Maxx crew, they stopped the robbery from happening. It's amazing how in, in, in the kingdom of God... You can, you can minister the gospel, but you can also enforce the law. It's just great. So as soon as you get your cards, we're going to pray for you. And we're going to send you out. And we're going to believe God to do some great things. Now look at me for just a second. I want to give you just a little bit of an instruction. Because I see some people, I see the whites of your eyes. Some of you guys have have never stepped out like this. Anybody out there scared just a little bit? Okay. Nothing to be afraid of but fear itself. How, how do you get over the fear of the dark? Yeah, shine some light. Go into a dark room and flip on the switch. How do you get over a fear of, of drowning? Well, you spend some time in the water, right? How do you get over a fear of not fulfilling your purpose and destiny? You just go fulfill your purpose and destiny. Right? You just got to go. You got to make it happen. Look at me, it's very easy. 
I'm going to send you. I'll do the preaching. All you have to do is go up to people in these different four locations with your leaders and say, hey, we're having this really awesome service at our church next week. Would you like to come and just hand them a card? It's that simple. You don't have to exegete the Bible. You don't have to quote scripture. You don't have to do anything but just say, hey, just like Sarah, you want to go to church with me? We're having this really cool service. And if they stop and they ain't interested, tell them about it. Man, we go to this great church. If they look like they need prayer, just say, hey, can I pray for you? It's so simple. It's so easy. It's not that God's arm is too short. It's that we've got to go. Close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for this wonderful church, God. I thank you, God, that we're not just religious, Father. We're not just about the the actions of religion, but, Father, we have a relationship with you, God. And today, I commission this church to go out and to do the work of the kingdom, God, to do what you created them to do and what you called them to do. It is not the great suggestion, Father. It is the great commission. Father, it is not something that we, we decide to do or not to do, God. Every believer is mandated to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So today, Father, I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit to rest upon your people. I thank you, Father, Acts chapter 4 and verse 31, that as they were full of the Spirit of God, that they were able to proclaim the Word of God boldly. And so, Father, I pray that your people would enter into new places today, God, new levels of boldness today, Father, new places of ministry, God, that they would break out of their comfort zone and they would walk in your purpose and destiny and we will take this city for your name and for your glory and we bless you and we thank you for it in Jesus name.